0: The Oakdale Christian Centre podcast.
1: This is the first part in a series of two studies Mike leads on prophecies in the Bible regarding the end times and how they could relate to events going on around the world now.
0: what I want to do is go through Ezekiel 36, 37 and 38 uh, about Israel mm-hmm. and just just this weekend, you know, every every time it comes up to Easter for, for Israel, mm-hmm. um, comes up to all their, their festivals, it always kicks off, it's a, it's a common thing um, it's amazing, I, I get uh, texts directly from, from lots of Israel sites and Amir uh, Safati as well mm-hmm. um, and the story that that actually happening to what the news portrays is completely different always, always completely different this is just in the last 24 hours uh, really um, just a couple of things that have happened so here's a little chronological order in events before midnight um, several hundred Muslims closed themselves in the, the Rock of the Dome yeah. Towards midnight, the police began to process evacuating the worshippers because they wouldn't come out. That's even against Muslim law that they would stay there. Mm-hmm. Towards 1pm, videos began to emerge of policemen hitting worshippers with batons after the compound was darkened. Following this, calls for processions, processions throughout the West Bank and Gaza Strip and Arab cities in Israel for the victory of al aqsa which is the, the, mm-hmm. the rock of the dome. Um, Then all of a sudden the first barrage of rockets from Gaza towards Jewish areas by 10 past 3 in the morning. Another barrage and wrap-up at at half past 3 in the morning. Towards 6.20am the IDF attacks in the Gaza Strip in response to the rocket fire um, outpost in western Gaza and another Hamas outpost in Basarat. Again barrages from the Gaza Strip shortly after uh, 7am. It goes on and on and on, with the the amount of rockets is coming in, and just even today, and this has been in the last probably six or seven hours, um, six or seven hours. So, rocket alert sirens were activated in northern Israel on the Lebanese border. Reports of explosion and falls earlier today. Hezbollah uh, issued a proclamation that it joins the struggle of the Palestinians. The interceptor near, interception near Lebanon, two rockets were intercepted, and and the third fell in open area. Another massive barrage of rockets from Lebanon towards Israel. Now, these are really key areas, Lebanon, Syria, and we see that as we go through. Basically, Hezbollah just started a war. Massive barra- barrages haven't been seen since the last Lebanon war in 2006.
1: Mm-hmm. A
0: coordinated and timed attack of the northern border with a barrage of dozens of rockets fired from Lebanon into the western and upper Galilee. Mm-hmm. Dramatic escalation. This is what the beginning of a war looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, the head of Hamas political bureaus in Lebanon apparently agreeing. An agreement has been reached with Hamas and Hezbollah to start on the confrontation of Israel. A massive rocket attack from Gaza will probably begin in the next few hours, and then all of a sudden it's just filled with rockets being absolutely poured at Israel. It's amazing the Iron uh, the what they, they call the Iron Dome um, is a phenomenal piece of kit, and it's intercepting these rockets going into Israel before they even get there. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But all these all these things are key. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read. We're not going to read, but I'll, I'll go through as I, as I try to go through the, the Bible study. But it just shows you, at the moment, Israel is at focus, and it's becoming more and more at focus in the world we live in. And, and the thing you've got to realise is, once, we, once Israel becomes, start becoming the focus again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, that's when we know the time is at, is at the end. Because at the end of the day, we know that, and uh, well, I'll go through it in a minute, that we're in the time of the Gentiles, and that will very, very quickly move back into the 17th, 70th week of Daniel, which is the trib- tribulation period. So. so in this, in the last two studies I've done, um, we went through the differences between the rapture. We went through Daniel, first of all, and, and all the kingdoms down to um, the Roman kingdom and the European super state. And then we talked about the, the rapture, what happens in the rapture, what is the rapture, what the scriptural basis is, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the second thing again, which is when Christ comes back on the earth. So the rapture is when God takes the church, The second coming is when Christ comes back with his bride back onto the Mount of Olives and he'll sit on the throne of his father David in the temple to rule the world. So we will take a look at some stages that the world will be going through over the next two weeks um, to get to to the end goal. So not only are we going to look at uh, some prophecies in Ezekiel. Uh, which are very very relevant to what's happening today uh, and really is predicting what is going to happen today but also next we want to look at s- how do we get to the point of where we are today um, to the point of the Antichrist rule and, and the signs are there in fact it's so obvious now it's, it's a little bit frightening um, and it's not meant to frighten but as we have a, a future there's the difference we have um, you know that's why the, all the way riddled through the New Testament it says our hope is in Christ and we look at don't we? We look up because our redemption draws nigh. But we're going to look at how we go from today to really the rule of the Antichrist um, and the things, the steps that, that are happening today to, to the point where we get where he will rule. And there'll be no, no doubt about that. So the Bible calls us to understand the seasons in which we live. Right, to do this, we need to understand all the sides of the story in the narrative and give un, uh, give under, and gain understanding so that we can know where we are heading. And, you know, Church, we've got to be very, very careful. You know, the news, I'm to tell, sorry to tell you, the news tells you one side of the story, and it's a very biased side of the story, and it's an agenda. Make no mistake about it. So what you're hearing is, is, a, is a very small amount of truth, and the rest of it is made up and and we can prove all this, it's not not complicated, we'll prove it as we go in on this week and next week, Um, having the knowledge will help us understand the devil's agenda and and God's ultimate rule to keep us straight uh, and on the straight and narrow path in our walk with Christ in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 6 it says therefore let us not sleep as do others but let us watch and be sober, as watchers we have the responsibility to tell, uh, tell others the things that are happening and what the Bible says about the last days and what we should be expecting in the last days. And, you know, David's preached before on, on the, you know, being a watchman, um, and, and a watchman is simply watching what's going on, yeah. understanding from Scripture what is going on, yeah. and informing the people, informing Christians, informing brothers and sisters of what we're what we here to expect and what we're going to expect. So in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 to 12, it says, For the secret of power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. And that talks about the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's holding back the tide of evil. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the light and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing the parish, uh, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved and for this reason I, I got this read in, in my thing sorry it didn't come out in colour the, the but for this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and, and we need to keep that in our minds all the time we are in a time where there is strong delusion. Make, you, know, it, it, you don't have to go far to understand that. you only got to look at uh, gender confusion. Mm-hmm. All right? it, they're deluded. Mm-hmm. It's common sense. It's, it's not complicated. This stuff isn't complicated. It's a delusion. It's a, a, a lie of the devil mm-hmm. to destroy people and, and, and to take them down many paths. You know, even, even down to things like abortion. It's amazing, you know. They they won't accept that children that that, that it's, it's a fetus. It's not a it's not a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you if you hit a woman in the stomach who's pregnant and kill kill the whatever they think it is, all of a sudden it's murder. They can't even get their own story right. It's it's either a person or it isn't. All right, then it is a person. That, you know, and this is, these are the things. It's strong delusion. It says, and so that all that will be condemned will have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. In other words, these people will have no excuse. There will be no excuse at the end of time. Strong delusion, like we said, abortion, gender confusion, climate change, completely strong delusion. If you, and, and next week we'll cover a bit of that, if you, if you understand what they're trying to do and what they're saying about climate change... Be prepared very, very shortly for your lives to change. And they will change dramatically if the Lord doesn't care. Make no mistake about it. And they're working on these things. I'm not going to reveal it all now. We'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 we, they cannot see what is in front of their face. Uh, Amir Safati, who's, who's a, a, an Israeli Mess- Messianic Jew, goes all over the world preaching in the last uh, about the last days. He's a, he's a great man of God, to be fair to him. Uh, and he says this, he said this this week the world as we know it, the church as we knew it, and our countries as we know it, it's all over Mm -hmm. everything within me screams that we have entered into a new phase in human history, and it's beyond Orwellian Orwellian, which it means basically the totalitarian state Okay, this is in the book by um, George Orwell in 1984 and it it dictates basically where we would be heading up He says millions have had their brains washed. The media, social media via smartphones, tablets took over the minds and hearts of a huge portion of the world's population. The key to staying on course and remaining in faith is simple. Be and trust in the word of God. Don't put your trust in men. Don't put your trust in institutions. Don't put your trust in the bank accounts or even your talents. Friends will walk away from you. But we need to trust in the Lord and hold on. To his promises, and that is absolutely true. That we are we are living in a day. It's over, Judge. As much as we want to think it in, we want to stick our head sometimes in the sand because it can be a fright. It's over, and and over the next two weeks as we go through some of the things that that man is doing, that these top institutions are doing, the World Economic Forum, and all these things, it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the word that you know, as as I've studied this over the last uh, month or so, it amazes me. You know, the scripture that says that God will, you know, it's in their wisdom they become fools. Mm-hmm. Man is stupid. We are stupid. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. You listen to the things that they are going to do, mm-hmm. that they they are proposing to do, mm-hmm. and even the consequences that they know that goes with it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're still going to go ahead and do it. It's amazing. The things that they, they have come up with, absolutely amazing. So God temporarily suspended his plan for Israel because they would not accept him as Messiah. Because they did not understand the times and the seasons that they were in. You know, when Christ was on the earth, he was preaching the kingdom. It was only when he, on Palm Sunday, when one minute they were proclaiming him as king... And the next minute they were shouting crucify him. And he said when, when, when he could have been accepted as the, as the, the Messiah, he said that, um, oh, Israel, oh, Israel, oh, that I would gather you as a hen gathers her chicks and you would not. And he said, I will leave your house unto you desolate. And from that moment on, he didn't preach the kingdom. From that moment on, he preached salvation. Because it would be salvation through his blood. And it's completely different then. Uh, that's why he said to the woman when, when he was preaching to the, to, to the, the Jews, and she, there was a little crumb on the floor. And he said, well, I, why should I give the crumbs to the dogs? Because he was preaching a different kingdom. All right, And, and, and that we, we went through all that in the last Bible series. But in Luke nineteen forty-two, it says, Say in this, If thou had known even thou in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. That's what he said on Palm Sunday. It is hid from thine eyes because you didn't know the time that, that, that had come upon you. you. didn't realize I was the Messiah. He expected them to know. He expected them to know. Even in the New Testament, you read some of the rabbis knew that he was the Christ. They didn't want to accept it, but they knew. They knew he, he was who he said he was. Mm -hmm. But God expected them to know, according to God's word, we're nearing the time of great tribulation, where God said he would judge the earth in his wrath. We're currently in a time of the Gentiles, between the 69th and the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. Mm -hmm. Once this time has ended, we will will end up in the uh, 70th week of Daniel and the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. The tribulation period, which is made up of two, three and a half year periods. So what needs to happen, church, between now and and, and really this this day of tribulation or this this week of tribulation? So the church must be taken in the rapture. The bride of Christ is going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, in the last study, we talked about Israel's pattern of marriage. Guess how long it lasts? Well, seven is a big number in in the marriage supper of the Lamb. A week is the marriage ceremony in, in Israel. And that's exactly really what we will be having. when the world is coming under the judgment uh, under the rule of the Antichrist and the judgment of God, we will be having this marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven in the rapture. the Bible says, the Holy Spirit is taken away with the church, or really should have put it the other way around. The church is taken away with the Holy Spirit to, to meet God in the air until the Bible says, "He who is lets." Will let until he is taken away. That talks about the Holy Spirit. And church has many things. You know, as I've been brought up in the church, you know, what about the backslides? What about the backsliders in the tribulation? And I, Mm -hmm. as you study the Word of God, you know, look, we all want to. It's not not about offending. The truth is the truth. We, We we all want our loved ones to be in the kingdom. We all want them to be taken in the rapture. Okay, but what we can't do is trivialise what the tribulation is going to be like, to suit us and to comfort us. <laughs> Our comfort is, is, is the rapture of the church, is hope to be with God. But what about backsliders in the tribulation? Well, they'll have to die by their own blood. Yeah. So salvation is gone, Christ is gone, the church, the bride is gone. Yeah. We've got to understand that even when they die by their own blood in the tribulation, have their head cut off or whatever will will, will happen, and there's lots of scripture to prove that, at the end of the day, they will not be the bride of Christ. They will be a subject in the kingdom. And that is something very, very different. We've said it before, to be a bride of Christ, you're heirs with Christ. Everything he has is yours. Everything yours is his. But if you're a subject in the kingdom so you've got William and all them they're they're, subject, they're, they're, they're part of the royal family mm. they can walk in and out they can do whatever they want to do spend whatever money, it's limitless to them, mm. but we are just subjects in the kingdom, we've got no access to them it's a, different, it's a different thing, it's a different lifestyle the ten virgins when it talks about the parable of the ten virgins in the bible some went into the marriage supper and those who were not ready did not So what became of them? Exactly the same. The five went in because they were ready and waiting for the rapture of the church. They were waiting for the bride, uh, for for the bridegroom. But the others who were left had to go out and get their oil, the, the parable says, and then come back. And it says the door was shut. So what were they? Well, they weren't the bride of Christ. They become subjects in the kingdom. And that's really what it's saying. And that's what those backsliders or those who don't get their life right with Christ before the rapture will be. They will be, you know, many of them will realise when the church is gone, it's going to be a big shock. This world is going to change dramatically. And they will realise it. But then they, they need to, you know, they, they will not be able to have the, you know, they, if they have the mark of the beast, it's too late. Mm-hmm. They will have to resist that, and by resisting that mm-hmm. and all the other things, if they get to the mark of the beast, it'll, it'll be amazing. Because if you understand what the tribulation means, most of them would have been starved out by then anyway. So during the seven years, the church in heaven will be having the marriage supper of the Lamb. Will there be revival in that tribulation period then on earth? Well, church, I don't see that now I, I'm willing to be proved wrong but I've heard many sermons and there are doctrines coming out in the states that oh there's going to be thousands saved but they can't be saved, saved for a start they're not the bride of Christ mm-hmm. it's a different salvation it's not the salvation as we know it that we have mm-hmm. it's a different thing uh, so if they were saved in that period they die with their own blood they become a subject in the kingdom um, how can you have revival when the Holy Spirit and the church is taken away people say well those people won't be completely taken away well, the Bible says he will be taken away. Now, at the end of the day, you know God is still sovereign; God is still in in control. We're not talking about that, but He has taken away with the church. So, will the Holy Spirit? He's omnipresent; He can be everywhere at all times. But the but the point is what the what God is trying to say is anything that the Holy Spirit and everything the Holy Spirit was holding back that He was preventing will be released, and that will be the tribulation and and Evil will absolutely abound. We think it abounds today. You, mm-hmm. I look at today and think, well, it can't get any worse. Mm-hmm. We haven't even scratched the surface. And as we see over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, the, the next week, um, when I go into that, you will see the things that are coming out that are absolutely, you know, we trivialize, trivialize the words. It's diabolical, it's nefarious, it's evil. Absolutely evil, the things that are coming out. How can we have revival if the Holy Spirit in the church has been taken out of the way? How can people be saved without the Holy Spirit convicting of sin and come into their hearts? Their their knowledge will be there, and they will realize what they missed. And can, like I said, can, will they do? Will they do things to change? Absolutely, they'll die by their own blood. But it's a different, um, a different future for them. The 144,000 Jews. You know, I've viewed this many times. They'll be witnessing, and they'll be they'll be telling about. Well, it doesn't. I, I'm not quite. It says they will be witnesses. Absolutely, witnesses of, of their God, their Israel God, their God of Israel. Um, I'm not sure that is salvation, uh, because again, they, they, it doesn't say that they're part of the bride. Okay, but again, they will be under attack. You've got to understand the tribulation is God's wrath. It is the world coming against anything that is to do with God. So they will attack. All nations will attack Israel. So they're not going to be prancing around the streets, filling the churches, you know, in, in rallies. That's, that's not what is going to happen. They will be running for their lives. They will be witnesses. God will protect them. They will have God's hand upon them. But they won't be standing in the streets witnesses. That's something completely different. I, I don't see that anywhere in the word of god see the wrath of god is outpoured and people on the earth will not run out or not will not outrun and they will not escape the wrath of god this is the final judgment god will judge the earth you can't escape god david says if i if i go to the highest height you are there if i go to the lowest in the bottom of the sea you are there you cannot hide from god And you will not hide from God. If the Antichrist rules, do you think the churches will be full of worshipping people? Well, we know that that won't be so. And the time of the tribulation is a terrible time, where those who will not bow down to the Antichrist will have to have his mark. And if they don't, they'll watch their children starve, and they'll be Mm starved. And make no mistake about it, you know, that wouldn't happen. It's already happening today during the COVID pandemic they were freezing people's accounts in Canada and they didn't care whether they could eat or not because you either did what they told you to do, have the vaccine or the government was shutting you down, they do not care be under no illusions church again we need to be we need to, it, it's, it's hard being a Christian when you set, you understand the realities the governments of this world are not here to look after us okay they're here to look after themselves and do what pleases them because that's what the bible says men become lovers of themselves they will do what they want to do and they will control the people the way they want to control the people and that is all demonically led of course because that's exactly against god wants people to worship him god wants people to realize that we need him the world want the opposite We don't need God. They're shutting him out of our schools. They've already done that. They're shutting him out of everything that they can shut him out of. And the Bible says that they won't retain God in their mind. They refuse to. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and our governments and everybody else is is, is in with that church. Because if you're not a Christian, the Bible says that he can take you captive at his will.
1: That's
0: a frightening thought. He can take people who are not saved captive at his will. That's Mm -hmm. what the devil can do. Because the Bible says that. So this is the worst the world will ever see. Only those saved by God, the Jews who were God protected, and it says that there will be a place in Petra, will see the Messiah come back in glory. All others uh, who were saved through that period, or saved in the rapture, are saved by not bowing down, or after the rapture, will be saved by not bowing down and taking the mark, which will ultimately mean they will be put to death. Knowing this, we must be about our father's business, witnessing to our family and friends, and witnessing to the whosoever, it's time to tell our families, offend or please it's time to tell because if we don't confront church, if you don't confront ok, people won't make decisions and when they don't make decisions ok, then at the end of the day it's they've made a decision really, it's for us to confront and to say well you need to make a decision, because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine. you know church, it is it's a warning you, 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 mothers! If, if you, ch- if you know, as children, if we misbehave, if we run out in the road, you, you know, grab all of us, clip us round the ear. Yeah. Don't do that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why? To frighten, to an, to an extent. Why? Because they could die. Exactly. Because it's a mother's love. You don't want your child to run out and get killed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's no different in the Church of God. We, we've got to be careful. You know, yes, we've got to do it in love, yeah. But the Bible says, "Some are saved by love." Another say, uh, people are saved by literally snatching them out of the fire of God fear, out of the fire of God I was saved by fear where I realised that my mum and dad didn't come home and I thought maybe the Lord has come and I've been left behind and I, I said Lord if you haven't come I want, I, I want to give my heart to you because I want to be in the rapture I don't want to be left here on my own at 13 years of age that realisation in me and we've got to be very very we need to be telling people Luke 21, 29, 33 He told them this parable Look at the fig tree and all of all the trees and when thou when it sprouts leaves you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near even so when these things happen in, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Mm-hmm. Truly I tell you this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Mm-hmm. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. Well how long is the generation it's always been the question for a long time well 70 to 100 years is reasonable yeah. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you something church you know if you look back at, uh, at Noah as in the days of Noah as in the days of Lot. Mm-hmm. Methuselah was a type of the church mm-hmm. and he was a longest living man in the bible why because of God's grace God doesn't desire to pour his wrath but he is a just God and he has to and so he will he will extend that generation as long as he dare as long and only God knows that because of mercy but we're coming to a point where that is being stretched God's mercy is about to stop and his wrath is about to come and again that is a, it's a frightening thing but it's the truth It's what the Bible tells us. So if we go to Ezekiel, then so that's really the background, it's where we are, it's where we're standing today. But Ezekiel the prophet gave some, uh, you know, uh, gave some major prophet, prophetic promises from God to Israel in Ezekiel chapters 36, 37 and 38. And we will look into these chapters as well as look into some obvious signs that we are heading towards the Antichrist rule. The book of Ezekiel, then. and I'll run through this very, very quickly. The book of Ezekiel is named after its author, Ezekiel in 1, uh, 3 and twenty four twenty who is nowhere else mentioned in Scripture. His name means strengthened by God, which is indeed he, was the, for, for, he needed for the prophet, uh, prophetic ministry to which God had called him. Ezekiel uses visions, prophecies, parables and signs, and symbols to proclaim and dramatize the message that God uh, has to his exiled people. Talking about Israel. In the 13th year of 1 uh, 1 in Ezekiel, it refers to Ezekiel's age. He was 25 when taken captive and 30 when called into ministry. 30 is the age when priests commenced their office. Christ started his ministry at 30 years of age, didn't he? So it was a notable year for Ezekiel. His ministry was in 593 to 92 BC and extended at least 22 years uh, until 571 and 70 BC. He was a contemporary both of Jeremiah. Around the same time, he was about 20 years older. Daniel, who was about the same age as, as Ezekiel, who, um, whom he names in chapters 14 and 20 and 28. As already well known prophets, like Jeremiah and Zechariah, Ezekiel was both a prophet and a priest because his priestly background, he particularly interested in familiar with the temple details, and God used him very, very much in the early part of uh, Ezekiel to actually write about them ezekiel and his wife who were mentioned in in chapters 24 among the ten thousand jews who were taken captive to babylon so remember we talked about babylon um babylon took uh jerusalem captive they took many many captives including daniel shadrach meshach and abednego over into babylon where where will jeremiah um uh ezekiel were part of them they come over with them they were prophesying to israel to say this is god's judgment Israel done their usual thing, listened to false prophets, um, they have done it twice, and in the end, Nebuchadnezzar coming in and leveled the place, alright, and finished them off, and at the end of the day moved many of their captives over, and we know that under Cyrus then, after Babylon, he, he started pushing Nehemiah through his prophecies back to Israel to rebuild the temple and to rebuild uh, Jerusalem. So Ezekiel and the 10,000 lived in exile in Babylon, and they were more as colonists. colonists, colonists and captives being permitted to form uh, tracts of land under somewhat favourable conditions, we know that with Daniel Daniel the second in the kingdom in, 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 the, in the two kingdoms that were there, um, and they were allowed to move freely, but what they did Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar's whole tactic was, was integrating bringing people from other societies the best that they had, and integrating them into the kingdom, and then strengthening his own kingdom by doing that it gives you an outline, really, of um, then the Ezekiel that you can work through yourself. Chapters 1 to 24 are prophecies on the ruin of Jerusalem. Chapters 25 to 32 are prophecies on the retribution on nearby nations with a glimpse of God's future restoration for Israel. Chapter 33, this is a transition chapter which gives instruction concerning the last call for Israel to repent. Mm-hmm. And then chapters 34 to, to 48 is the, really the fourth section, which includes the rich, rich expectations involving God's future and restoration of Israel. And really, again, it just gives you a breakdown of the chapters um, and what, what is in Ezekiel. The removal of Israel's enemies uh, from the land in, in, in chapter 38, the invasion of God to plunder Israel, which we'll talk about, and the intervention of God to protect uh, Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 36 up to verse 12 is about God promising that Israel, which was formerly at that time just a deserted place, it was a desert, mm-hmm. okay, will once again become fruitful by God's command, ready to receive the Jews that have been dispersed all over the world. In Ezekiel 36 uh, to verse 12 to the end and then verse 37 is where God brings back his people uh, to Israel from all the foreign countries that they've been spread over. And then Ezekiel chapter 38 is where God will put the hook into the mouth of certain countries and nations and bring them towards Israel. OK, so Israel is a desert place to understand where we are today. We need to understand where Israel was. Okay, now Israel was a a desert land. On his landmark visit to Israel 150 years ago, the American literary giant Mark Twain witnessed what he did not know then was the uh, the start of a a prophetic return of the Jewish people to the land. The renowned travel book in which he wrote, uh, that became the foundation for his success, it was called The Innocents Abroad, painted a picture of the Holy Land whose desol- desolation would serve as the beginning point of the prophecy in Ezekiel 36 and brought to life. And it's amazing the things he says here. He says in, in June uh, of 1867, Mark Twain embarked on a journey to Europe and the Ottoman Palestine, now Israel. And these were the way he described some of the, some of the uh, what he saw, basically. Unimpressed, he says. He described the Holy Land as an unpicturesque, an unsightly, and even desolate. He said it was in addition the land um, since then, sorry, so from September then 24 to 25 in 1867, Twain stayed at the Mediterranean Hotel, now called the Wittenberg House, in the old Jerusalem quarter. Um, at the time, the Jews in the old city had just become the majority, but the margins were very, very slim of the people and the, and the nomads that were living there since then the old city of Jerusalem and Israel has begun a redemption process in which addition to the land giving fruit there is a revival of Jewish life and ingathering of exiles and the Jewish sovereignty is now once again back in their hands he says he carries on in in the Innocence Abroad book and says it was a a backwater town he says this whole land shall be an absolute desolate ruin and, and he described it as a desolate ruin he says Palestine or Israel then sits in sackcloth and ashes, desolate and unlovely. He said he described the Galilee as a sort of solitude to make one dreary. Mm-hmm. He says he came come to Galilee for that these people these unpeopled deserts, these rusty mounds of barrenness. Mm-hmm. So he saw nothing. He says we never saw a human being in the whole route. That he, that he, when he travelled round Israel. It was that desolate. It was a desert place, unrecognised. In Jeremiah 33, verse 11, it is prophesied that the land would later flourish, for it will restore the fortunes of the land. God will restore the fortunes of the land of old. Waller, echoed in, in his prophecy as a man of Israel says, where he saw desolation, I am seeing restoration. Mm -hmm. Where he saw rocks, I am seeing vineyards. Our volunteers talk about how beautiful the land is. Not about the desolation, but communities and farming land. Mm -hmm. The opposite of what it once was. It's a prophetic place, he says. Waller argues that although Twain... Uh, was making fun of the land, he essentially strengthened the prophetic truth of what would happen in the future as the Jewish people began to return. He was trying to be an advocate. He he wasn't trying to be an advocate for Israel, but he was trying to write a good article. But as it turns out, he is an Israel or an advocate for Israel, whether he likes it or not. He said what it was like, and now we see what, what it is today, and we'll go through that. So when we read then Ezekiel 37, what is God saying? What is God saying in, in um, and what does God promise to Israel? It says, God commands the land of Israel to become fruitful. So that's the title on the page. God commands the land of Israel to become fruitful. God promises the restoration of the land and fruitfulness of the land. In Ezekiel chapter 37, to 1 to 12, it says this, And the hand of the Lord was upon me. And carried me out into the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring upon flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And there beheld the sinews, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these that were slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army." Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy I say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold my people, I will open your graves, cause you to come out from your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. This is a prophecy not only of a, a, a prophecy of God calling Israel back to the land but the allied forces when they went into when Germany were defeated and they went in um, uh, to the concentration camps they said that they were picking they were picking up the Jews and they were skin and bones there was nothing left of them but they were restored and they took them back to their land and not only that is there, there's many shadow types as you know in the Bible um, but it just really it, it, it reiterates that in, in chapters thirty-six of Ezekiel, he goes back when it says this, and again I'll just go through. I think the bits are relevant. It says, "And you, O son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel, and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord.'" And he says, "Therefore, O mountains," in verse four, "Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of God." Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys, and the desolate wastes, and the cities that have been forsaken, which which became blunder and mockery to the rest of all the nations around. Therefore says the Lord God... Surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nations and against Eden, who gave my land to themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open countries. We jump to verse 8. It says, But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches. You shall yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. For indeed, I am with you. And I am for you, I will turn to you, and will, and you shall be tilled and sown. I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, all of it. And the city shall be inhabited, and the ruins rebuilt. I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bear young. And I will make you inhabited, as in the former times, and do better for you than all at the beginning. God's promise to restore Israel, It says, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. Yes, I will cause men to walk in you, my people Israel. They shall take possession of you and you shall be their inheritance. No more shall you bereave them of your children. You know, God promised that he would restore Israel, even though it was a desolate land. God said he would restore it and he would make it fruitful. And he would bring the Jews that had been scattered all over the world and bring them back. So what do we know? In Israel, back as Israel came back as a nation on the 14th of May,
1: 1948,
0: the, rest- the restoration of the land. The, once again, they become a nation and was recognised for the rest of the world. God says that they will be fruitful again. These are just some of the statistics. Now, 80% of Israel's wastewater is purified. With only 25% having to come from natural resources, such as the technology that they have out there. Thousands of solar panels in the desert of Israel, which produce 8% of Israel's energy consumption, with targets of 20% by 2025 and 30% by 2010. That's more than any other nation in the world. 3.7% of Israel's workers only 3.7% of Israel's workers are farmers and yet they produce 95% of their own food consumption that is amazing that is absolutely amazing I mean when you think about the size of Israel and you look at all the other countries and there's no country can say that no one 95% of their own food Uh, desert agriculture in Israel is one of the country's greatest successes and something of which Israel leads the world the Negev Desert, which covers over 60% of the country, has actually shrunk in size over the past century as agricultural activity has turned sand into green fields, the opposite of a desertification uh, trend, which most of the rest of the world is battling to prevent. Even in the depths of Israel, Negev Desert uh, are gems of agriculture amid the harsh dry conditions and relatively minute. Uh, mineral deprived sandy soil they've turned deserts into fields why? because God commanded it so, that's the truth of it 10 Israel companies Israeli companies today are within the top biggest Aztec companies of the world Israel is leading in military inventions and is a cyber superpower trillions of gallons of oil have just been found off the Mediterranean and Israel are now selling gas to Egypt and Jordan those who try to destroy Israel are now dependent upon them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: These are all, There are talks ongoing for Israel to supply oil to all European countries instead of Russia. Mm-hmm. You want to know why Russia and all these countries will destroy and come against Israel? Mm-hmm. You just look at the oil. You don't have to look anywhere else. Mm-hmm. All right, they are. They are. They've already announced this week. Arab and the Russian, all the Arab nations and Russia are going to. Um, uh, stop producing oil they're going to reduce producing oil to drive the price of the oil back up and to try to basically starve us out, mm. Israel yeah. have already turned around and said that they will supply mm. Mm. so that the Arabs are not happy with them, Russia are not happy with them, yeah. um, and it's amazing that the trillions and trillions, they've got more oil than any other country now in the world trillions of oil
1: yeah. trillions
0: of oil God has promised, God has honoured his word, God has restored Israel as a nation and God has fulfilled his promise to make Israel fruitful even though it was a desert place. God is faithful, we know that, God is absolutely faithful. And then as we go into chapters 37, even 36, 13 to the end and, and the rest of 37, God calls, he's made the land fruitful but he calls back the Jews. So one of the specific things he said, you were spread out of all the world. I will call you back. So in Ezekiel 36, um, we just go to uh, chapter uh, verses 22 It says, therefore, say to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God: I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord," says, the Lord, says our God when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, I will gather you out of all countries, and bring you back into your own land. Verses 28, it says, Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. Verse 30, And I will multiply the fruit of the trees, increase your fields, so that you will never need again to bear the reproach of famine... Among the the nations. So God has even promised they will never be in famine. And as we look, 95% of their own consumption they can produce in themselves. Amazing, amazing what God has done. In Ezekiel 37, chapter 37, and start at verse 11, he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Again, talking about what we just read. Our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, cause you to come out from your graves and bring you back into the land of Israel. And that is really what God is doing. In verses 20, 21 of 37, it says this Then said, Then say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. God's promise. But in 2021, here's a quick update of what has happened. 31% increase in Jewish immigration to Israel so far this year. That was 21. Fewer people moving from Russia, but US, France, Ukraine, Belarus, and Argentina, UK, Brazil, and South Africa, and Ethiopia all see an uppick in the rates of people despite the pandemic. Jewish immigration to Israel has increased by 31%. In 2021, so far, according to data released by the Immigration Ministry and the Jewish Agency. According to the data, the largest number of Jewish immigrants this year has been from Russia. What a surprise! Okay, they didn't, we wouldn't even know with that. Despite the five percent decrease uh, in the number coming from the, that country last year, there has been three thousand one hundred four new immigrants to Israel from the United States—an increase of forty-one percent uh, uh, on the first nine months of two thousand and twenty. Additionally, 2,819 new immigrants uh, immigrants moved to Israel from France, up 55%. 2,123 from Ukraine, up 4%. 280 from Belarus, up 69%. 633 from Argentina, up 46%. 490 from the United Kingdom, up 20%. 438 from Brazil at 4%, and 373 from South Africa at 56%. If we look, then uh, the ministry said 2,184 the new immigrants moved to Israel, um, to Tel Aviv, to Netanya, and to Haifa and to Ashdod.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the pictures there is a, is a woman, you know, giving flags that they're actually giving uh, yeah. subsidies to people, to the Jews coming to Israel, to encourage them to come. Um, the absorption minister, uh, Pina, whatever her name is, I can't say it. it says, she says, I am pleased by the tremendous increase in the number of Olim. That's the, the Jews coming come into Israel who decided to, to come to Israel since the beginning of the year, she said. Last year, uh, the rate dropped by nearly 40% due to the coronavirus mm. pr- pandemic. Some 21,200 Jews immigrated to Israel in twenty. 20, uh, in 2020, compared to around 33,500 the year before, constituting in a drop because of obviously uh, COVID. Okay, but 20,000—you know th- th- these, these are amazing figures—21,000 in 21, 21. But then, when you get the update of 22, it says a closer look, a look at the official data release uh, reveals. The most recent surge in Jewish immigration to Israel is due to the Russian Ukraine war. Roughly 40,000 of the newcomers since late February were those were from those two countries. That's 40,000 Jews have left Russia
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Ukraine to go back to Israel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Roughly 40,000 newcomers since late February were from these two countries. Between January and the end of August 22, 47% of new immigrants to Israel were from Russia and 25% from Ukraine. And if you go down, there's a a list of of things there. Uh, Jewish immigrants to Israel by country from January to September. Russia has gone up 47%. Ukraine, 25%. United States, 6%. France, 4%. Mm. Ethiopia, 2%. Other countries, 12%. So the Jews are flooding back to Israel. Exactly what God said that he would do. You know, I put down Your God will make his people uncomfortable. You know, he will get them to look uh, back at their home, Israel, and be willing to pray, pray the price to get there. And church is no different to us as a church, as the bride of Christ you know, God, you know, we should feel we should feel like Noah like, like Noah and Lot he says that their, their righteous spirits were vexed with the evil that was going on, that we should look, much like he does for us I put down here, the church, we should not feel comfortable as a church but be grieved and look for heaven on our home, and I don't know about you but I look forward to heaven it will be indescribable it will be unbelievable. The Bible says, I hath not seen, ear is not heard, neither has he even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We used to sing these choruses. And, and uh, you know, I, I will say, you know, Wayne said it on Sunday. We need to be careful what we're singing.
1: Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, the, we should be singing about having our hope because it's our hope. If you, I can tell you, Church, if you're a Christian and you realize what's going on in the world today, if your hope isn't on heaven, then you're very depressed and you will be very depressed. It's very easy to be very depressed if you don't look uh, towards heaven. As I put down there, you know, oh Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, we used to sing then Lord, what shall I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and yet I can't feel at home in this world anymore. (laughs) You know, remember when God called Nathaniel he said I saw you under the tree, and God knows where each of, the, uh, of each of his people are he knows where his Jews are he knows them by name the Bible says he knows every hair upon their head, he knows us every single one of us he calls them, he says the Jews he calls them wherever they are, whatever situation they are, and he's calling them once again back to Israel why? because he promised because his word said he would he would make the Israel fruitful. He would make them prosperous. And once again, he would make them a nation and draw his people back home. In Titus one twenty two, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Our God cannot lie. That means every time he gives you a promise, and there are many in the Bible, it cannot fail. It cannot fail. In Isaiah 66, verse 5, Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your brethren who hated you, who has cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, that you may see, uh, that we may see your joy, but they shall be ashamed. The bit I've underlined there is you who tremble at his word. Church, we should tremble at God's word. This world, whether they want to or not, will tremble one day at his word. They will tremble. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 for all the promises in God in him are yes are yea and amen to the glory of God through us when God gives his word and makes his promises that it will it, it always happens because God is absolutely <laughs> faithful in Hebrews six eleven, and we desire to, that each one of you will show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish but, uh, uh, but imitate those who through faith and patience said, inherited the promises we've got to look for the promises we've got to claim the promises we've got to sing the promises we've got to learn the promises that's why it's good in Sunday school to learn the scriptures you know to learn the songs many a time uh, God has blessed me and encouraged me because I can sing children's choruses they come to my mind in times. My God is so big. I've said it so many times. So strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. When you need him, these are the things. And then the last bit then, and again, I'm sorry to go on. So it's a lot of information because I'm doing a different. I want to carry on for next week is Ezekiel 38. War with Israel. There's going to be war against Israel. See, the Apostolic church always talks about the God of love but will not accept that the only thing that matches God's love is God's wrath God is in all things balanced God is a God of love but let me tell you something church, God is a God of wrath and when he pours his wrath upon the world they will not escape make no mistake about it God's love is perfect and is only matched by his wrath you know, I, I looked at a clip the other day, and it, it sickens me. It frightens me mm. for these people. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey was challenged uh, by a woman, yes. and she said, "You proclaim yourself to be a Christian, and yet you're standing up for gay marriage and the LBG, DG, uh, DQ or whatever it is." He <laughs> yeah. said, "And, and um, the Bible says against it." And this was her reply. And it's a frightening, frightening thing. She said her answer was simply she believed in a God of love that would never condemn how you were born or how you are. She then stated that she is happy to take full responsibility before God in what she believes and what she stands up for. Simply put it, church, you made a God of her own liking. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. She will be, whether she wanted to or not, whether she declared it or not. She will be standing before God and she will be accountable before God on that judgment day. Make no mistake about it whatsoever. We need to be very, very careful in what we're saying. In Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that woman is a fool. Make no mistake about it. She despises, she's made a And this is what we've got to be very careful. We need to take all of the word of God. You can't make a you can't make Jesus what do you want him to make? What do you want to make? David has said it many times. We've had many preachers in our church say you can't make a God of your own liking. No. God is God. The word of God proclaims exactly his character and exactly who he is. No. And his word stands. So what do we need to look out for about Israel? Well there's there's three main major things that, that's looking at we need to look at the moment. Globally, the new axis of China that's just happened in the last couple of weeks China now have gone to Russia it used to be America number one they're no longer number one church let me make it clear America are no longer number one China is number one make no mistake about it at all the axis of China, Russia and Saudi Arabia giving Iran friendship and acceptance and legitimately the Arabs today have met with Iran today and put an agreement back in place with them so again they're bringing all these people back in regionally, Iran proxies from the north, Hezbollah, which is against them, the Iranian-backed militias in Syria, and the south, Hamas and Islamic Jihad in Gaza, are all coming against. It's the regional thing. It's a global thing against Israel. There's a regional thing around the countries that that are close to them. And then the inner crisis we've seen in the last couple of weeks with Israel uh, that weakens the military where the liberal left, and church, we need to understand what the liberal left is doing it's demonic Let me, I, I don't apologise for saying it it's demonic in this country it's demonic in America it's demonic in Israel the Nathayahu the, the, um, has got in by the vote of the people he wants to remove the judicial, the judicial structure because it's leftist because even though the people vote on something if, if the judicial uh, 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 council decide they don't, want, they don't care and they want to change it they can take it out and they can stop him doing it. That is not democracy. That is totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely dictatorship. He's trying to get rid of it, and they're telling the lies that they're trying to get rid of democracy. And yet, it's the other way around. If you read it and you understand it, it's quite the opposite. They're doing it in this country. They tried to do it with Brexit. Mm-hmm. They had the vote of the people, and they'd done everything they could to overrun it. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. If the people voted, that's called democracy and that's what should happen and this is what the problem is and, and what we found, we've been told and indoctrinated in the last four years you've got to be tolerant mm-hmm. to other people but what we've seen, if you've seen anything in the last two years with Covid and everything that's gone on mm-hmm. is they are not tolerant they want us to be tolerant yes. but if you don't agree with what they want you to agree with they want to cancel you, they want to stop your bank accounts, mm-hmm. they want your neighbours to rat on you they want all these things to happen because they are not tolerant. And it's satanic. And it's demonic. Make no mistake about it. We need to be understand and see where we are heading and where we are going. And when I said that the Bible says that you, he will take you captive out of his well. David Cameron didn't even believe in homosexuality. Mm-hmm. David Cameron, when he's a prime minister, didn't mm-hmm. agree with it. All of a sudden, he's the one who accepted it and put it through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It has never been part of his remit. It was never part of his remit. I'll tell you exactly what happened. He was taken captive at the devil's will. That's exactly what is happening. Because if you're not a Christian, you're at the devil's mercy. Make no mistake about it. So nations will come against Israel. So do not be surprised when this happens. Russia, China, and the Arab nations are creating a confederacy led by Russia. In Luke 21, 20 to 32, it says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies... Then know that the desolation is near. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That those who are in the midst of her depart. And let her, those who are not in the country do not enter her. For these are the days of vengeance. That all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and who are uh, nursing babies in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people. They will fall by the edge of the sword be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. It talks about the coming of the Son of Man, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. We've seen it all over, the tsunamis, you know, everything that's going on, the earthquakes, men's heart failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken and church if we've ever seen it you can see it today it is absolutely <laughs> yeah, being shaken this world yeah. we talked about the parable of the fig tree surely I say this generation will not pass away when you see the, 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 the fig tree once again bring forth fruit mm-hmm. and that is talking about Israel but in, in Isaiah 38 it says this and this is a prophecy of Ezekiel about the last days, about Israel in the last days and it says this now the word of the Lord came unto me saying Son of man, set your face against Gog and of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal. The prophecy against him and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around. I will put hooks into your jaws and I will lead you out. With all your armies, horses, horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with butlers and shield, all of them handling sword. Persia, Ethiopia and Libya are with you. All them with shield and helmet, Goma and all its troops and the house of Tugama and the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be on guard for them. After many days you will be visited, in the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many peoples on the mountains of Israel, which have long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell in safety. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, and you and your troops and many people with you. <clears throat> thus says the Lord God on that day shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan you will say I will go up against the land of unwalled villages and this is talking about Israel I will go into this peaceful people and dwell safely all of them and dwelling without walls having neither bars nor gates to take plunder <laughs> to take booty to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against people and gather, that, that are gathered from all nations so it tells us that they will come against Israel all these nations will come against Israel in verse 18, and I will, it will come to pass in that t- same time that Gog will come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face, for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there should be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. So that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the fields, all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all men that are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down. The steep places shall fall. Every wall shall fall to the ground and I will call for the sword against God throughout my mountain, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. I will build him into, bring him into judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him on the troops and many people who are with him. The flooding rain, great hailstone, fire, brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself, sanctify myself. And it will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am God. <coughs> Say, I'm against thee, O God. And again, you know who was Gog? Who was the prince of Gog? Well, in Genesis ten, verse two, it says it talks about Magog and Tubal and Meshech. These were descendants of Noah. And after the flood, according to the great historian Josephus, these migrated to the areas of Russia. Okay, Gog is a direct descendant to Esau. And remember what God said Jacob, of I loved Esau. I hate it. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. God is a man referred to in the Bible as the Prince of Rosh. Rosh is the root for the modern word meaning today Russia. Mm-hmm. Gog is the Prince of Russia. And at the moment, that Prince is Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Meshach and Tubal, Moscow and Tobolsk. The King of the North. You only got to look at the map on the next thing. You see Israel? If you go up north, it's Russia. Mm-hmm. If you go east, mm-hmm. it's China. Okay, all the ones around. Mm-hmm. Putin wants to rebuild the Russian Empire and to rule the world. And his talks about other nations will come. Persia, modern-day Iran. Ethiopia, the Islamic nations, the Arab nations. Libya, not exactly who Libya are. They're dropping bombs on Israel tonight. Gomer and all his bands were last believed to be Germany, France, Britain, the European Union, the European superstate, state Toghamar, Turkey and other Muslim nations. And like, as we just said China has replaced America as the world's number one superpower Genesis 12 verses 3 it says and I will bless them that bless thee I will curse them that curse of thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed well church why, why have all the nations of the earth been blessed well Christ right that's exactly why the, earth, the, the, the families of the earth have been blessed because we are blessed by him because we can get saved and, and he died for our sins, but it says, "Church, I will bless those that bless thee, and I will curse those who." We need to be very, very careful who we pray for, or, or, or the way we pray. Then let, let, me, let me say, because many of these nations God has cursed, many of these nations God is against. Now we can pray for people, and, we, and, and that's the right thing to do. But we need to be very, very. What we need to pray is the Lord opens their eyes. Make no mistake about it: the Lord opens their eyes and gives them salvation. If we are to understand God, we must understand what God's words are true and will come to pass. God is a jealous God. He will protect those who it is, the Jews and his bride, and God will fight for us. We know that, don't we? In Romans eight thirty one, then what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? These nations led by Russia want to annihilate Israel and, to, and, and will be led by a hook in their mouths by God to do exactly that because God will judge him in Psalm 2 it always amazes me this Psalm um, because you couldn't really imagine it really that man would make war with God mm. but it says why do the heathen nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing the kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us he who sits in heaven shall laugh the Lord shall hold them in derision Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and his distress and them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king in Zion and in my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has sent to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. The the, 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 the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break with them the rods of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Uh, and I, uh, this is the, the amazing thing about God he's given all the warnings now therefore be wise O kings be instructed you judges of the earth serve the Lord with fear rejoice in trembling kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for when his wrath is kindled but a little blessed are those who put his trust in you you know it's always amazing that this could happen but men Mm. making war with God and church we need to be very again once very clear there's no such thing as man versus God Mm. there's no such thing as the devils versus God there is God only Mm. and everything else it under his feet Mm. you know we're concerned about Israel tonight Mm. but Psalm 121 verse 4 says behold he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10 31 it is a fearful thing mm-hmm. to fall into the hands of the living God 1 Corinthians three nineteen: for wisdom of the world is foolishness with God for it is written take, they will be taken uh, that he taketh the wise in their own craftiness mm-hmm. and church sure, the last thing is the last page yeah <laughs> hope Another point to consider, and you, you'll see, and I believe you'll see very, very soon, mm. um, the Bible, and there's been many things about that. In Isaiah 17, it talks about Damascus being completely destroyed mm. and in ruins. Mm. And if you, if you see what's going on today, a lot of the, the rockets are coming over from Damascus. Iran are hiding many of their nuclear weapons in Damascus. Um, Damascus is a very, very heavily, heavily populated area. Um, But Isaiah 1 says this, Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city, and it will be a ruinous heap. (laughs) Damascus will be destroyed, never to be inhabited again. Syria holds nuclear weapons for Iran. Even America, at this moment, this week, have already been bombing Syria and bombing Damascus. Uh, And this this will happen um, because because God says it. Amir Safadi says this, a strike in Damascus last night, this was this week, uh, was on the fourth and sixth days. Uh, was well, the fourth in six days I think we can officially say that we are with, at war with Iranian proxies in Syria the next page just shows you that, that, uh, from here Samadhi, just uh, uh, what America <coughs> are saying the United States Central Command on Monday announced the killing of an Islamic State ISA senior leader in Syria saying the militant was responsible for orchestrating ISA attacks uh, uh, into Europe You know, even America are dropping bombs on Damascus. So God's love to Israel. It's very, very simple. Ezekiel 16, 6, verse 14, it says, And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you, I, I said in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field and you grew and matured and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. And when I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and I covered you and your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you. I swore an oath to you and I and entered into a covenant with you and you became mine, says the Lord. Then I washed you with water. Yes, I thoroughly washed you off of your blood. I anointed you with oil. I clothed you. I embroidered clothes uh, and cloth in your sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments. Put bracelets on your wrists and a chain upon your neck. I put a jewel in your nose, uh, uh, earrings in your ears. A beautiful crown upon your head. Thus you were adorned like gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You are a pastry of fine flour, honey and oil. You were exceeding beautiful and succeeded to royalty. Your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor, which I bestowed upon you, says the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 6, it says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem that they shall prosper, because I love thee. And church, tonight, we we do need to pray for peace of Jerusalem, but God is a jealous God. He loves Israel. He loves his church. And anything, and anyone who comes against it, they will not suffer. Make no mistake about it. We're We're not talking about Israel retaliating. We're talking about God retaliating. And there's no comparison. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.